So, this week is Parshas Tetzaveh, but because it's Shabbat Zachor, because Purim is coming up, I actually decided I'm going to give you a shir, I'm going to talk a little about Purim. Okay? Because I think Tetzaveh is an amazing uh, parsha. Um, what, by the way, is missing from this week's parsha? Oh, excellent. You're right. And now I said you're right, and everybody agrees you're right. Now we could say... They're wrong. Why? Because in this thing, Lubavitcher Rebbe points this out. Because who is a Kurdish Baruch Hu talking to when he says, He's saying, You. This Parsha, of all the Parsha, is the Parsha, you don't even have to call him by name. Right? Like if I come home and I look at my wife and I say, Hey, babe, I don't have to call her Dorit. Because we're, we're, we're not there anymore. Like it's 30 years. You know, like. Who is the one who, I don't know, Nate Mo? Who is the person least likely to use that name? You. How often do you call yourself the Mola Rebbe? Everybody else does, but you don't. Right? So this Pasha also has a lot to do with who I really am. And the character that I play, and the name that just identifies me, but it's not really who I am. And that's a whole discussion which would relate a lot to what we saw yesterday in the, the terrible Leviah. And, you know, we should dedicate this year in memory of Ilan Ariel Ben Avram Feigl. Okay? We're going to dedicate his memory. It should be in Louis for his neshama. His neshama has started a journey now. And uh, you come Thursday later during the Q&A, you can ask me how and what that's about. I think we spoke about this recently, but okay. But I'm going to talk about a different topic. Let's talk about Purim. This is a crazy festival. This is the oddest festival that the Jewish people have. Right? You know, when I was in the army, okay, close, when I was in the army, so they had this thing called Mispar Mavet. Okay? The death number. Now, what was the death number? Right? Sometimes you got out for Shabbat and sometimes you got stuck in. Okay? And when we were in tanks, you, you were in for two Shabbatot and you got out for a third. Now, by the time you've been in the army for 20 years, when you're in like training courses, especially the first half a year of the army, the army is hell. And there is nothing more important than getting out for the weekend. Right? And then it comes the third Shabbos. And you're all getting out. And you can't wait. And you've been up all night. And you're, you know, you're greasy and disgusting. And they make you go take a shower. And, it's just like you can't keep your eyes open. You just had like Lila Levan all night. You're up and whatever else it is. And you can smell it. They make you get up on your dress uniform. The bus is there. Sometimes they even start the bus engine. You got your bags packed. You're ready to roll. But there's one problem. Three guys have to stay behind. They have to stay behind because somebody has to guard the gear, has to guard the tanks. You just leave your base. Right? So your particular pluga, your company's area has to be guarded. So you need three guys. And they do shifts all Shabbat. They don't have kitchen duty, but they do guard duty all Shabbat. And they decide how they're going to do it. There's usually a sergeant that says to them, Mishtabach Shemo. How do they decide who the three guys are? So, if one guy accidentally shot off a bullet, right, and the sergeant sees it says Shabbat, that's it. That's like the worst moment of your life. Like, you just lost Shabbat. And another guy had a safety off of Shabbat. And we would count. With a two Shabbat, three Shabbat, ah, the fourth guy gets Shabbat, we're all safe. So you feel bad for him, you know, you know I feel bad for you. Like, ah. right? Okay, right? But if there were three guys, 
Or you were really good because you don't want to lose Shabbat, and nobody got it. Well, somebody's got to stay. So they do Mispar Mavet. Has Mispar Mavet work? They line you up in Shlashot, which is like rows of three, like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, whatever, right? And, um, and then the sergeant comes out. He always looks like this guy. He's got his thumbs in his belt, like this. Ani Melech. You think Melech Malchayam Lachim? Klum, Ani Melech. I'm the king, right? And he looks around and he says, I'm going to throw out a number. So he says, Vein. Uh, That's what they would call you if you're in the army. Vein. Zrok Mispar. Give a number. So choose a number. Six. Okay, six. So then I say, okay. Chad. And the sixth guy is in. And the seventh guy is in. And the eighth guy is in. You're done. Now, you would try to figure out who that you would say to yourself, okay, I want to get the front right corner. Because they never start from the first guy. Right? So you're less than, what are the odds that the front right corner gets it? And some guys would say, I want to be in the middle. Because what are the odds that the middle gets it? And you would sit there and they would call, you know, so the guys who were, they would call out, you know, 45. And someone would say, just call out one. Then you get it, but then you doom the guy next, right? And you would try all this, all these games to try to not have it fall on you. And eventually, I decided I would just volunteer. Once you volunteer, you were, like if you got me Sparmavit, the next time you get out, you're not included in the number because it's not fair that you get it twice. So one week, I decided this is just stupid. So I'm going to volunteer to be my Sparmavit. I'm going to know. I decide. I'm going to get out, right? You know. And the week I did that, I prepared myself, and I, you know, washed some laundry, and I, you know, I was ready. I, Made sure I had a couple of good books. I had some nosh saved. I'm going to be here for Shabbat. But there were three guys who got Shabbat that week. It wasn't meant to stay in. It wasn't meant to stay in. So which is it? Is there, is there a determined fate? Are you really meant to be in or not to be in? Or is it, all, is it all a lottery? Now, can anybody guess why I'm asking this question? Because Chag Purim. Could you imagine a more bizarre name for this festival? Like, why do we call it Purim? Well, because Haman basically says, Hello, seven! That's what, that's a Chag, that's a Jewish festival? Like, let's, let's, the festival of lottery. Why would you call a festival lottery? Haman throws out the dice, and somehow, you know, there's different opinions how this works. Let's say if it was me, they're putting a calendar, it's 12 months, 12 days, and it falls out in the month of Adar. Right? You throw the coin in the air with your eyes closed, it lands on other. It's actually one day. Okay. So in other words, it's all muzzle. And then Haman looks, he's like, oh, it's the month of Adar. What big thing happened in Adar? Moshe Rabbeinu died. By the way, our enemies used to be Talmud Chachamim. That's interesting. He's bucky. If you go to like, you know, Temple Bethamantuel, I don't know, and you ask, you know, Rebbe's in Virginia, you know, she doesn't know what Adar is, right? I'm going to get in so much trouble. But all right, I'm just kidding around, right? I'm just kidding around, right? Some of these people write really scholarly arts, but you got to make fun of them because it's just fun. But anyway, so, so like, Haman knew Adar. Now, what was the problem with Haman? He doesn't realize, yeah, it's true, Moshe Rabbeinu died on Adar. He was also born on Adar, so it's a good month. But if he died and he was born, then it's a good month or a bad. What's it? Oh, it's all Purim. It's all a lottery. So that's a crazy name. Why do we call this festival Purim? Right? That's first of all. Second of all, what's missing from the festival of Purim? Right? You read the Megillah. What's missing? Everybody knows this. Shem's name. Now we all, you know, notice this and then this nice different Torah. Did you ever think about that for a minute? 
How hard do you have to work to write an entire Sefer, which is included in Tanakh, without using Hashem's name? I challenge you, go, 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 go look up any lengthy article. You know what, I, I used to, for years, I wrote an article in Parsha every week, we send it out. You won't find a Parsha three pages without the name of Hashem. So I'll say it, I won't say, you know, H-A-S-H-E, but yeah. How could you have a whole Sefer without God's name? And why would that be a value? And by the way, the Megillah is called Megillat Esther. Something hidden, Hashem is hidden. So what's that all about? It's a very secular festival. It starts with a big party. And then they have a second party. And then Esther realizes some problems, so she tells Ahasuerus, let's make a party. And then she says, you know, we've got to do another party. And at the end, Kimu Vakimu, every year we're all going to have a big party. So this is like, that's why they love this festival in the University of Maryland. Party, right? But that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Why, why is this? Oh, and then there's my favorite topic. We're going to talk about this on Sunday, so I'm not going to ruin it. But uh, what's one of the big mitzvahs on Purim? Drinking, right? That's what people do. You know? What's the matter? You buy a t-shirt for Purim? What should it say on the t-shirt? Tequila, right? Like, that's ridiculous. Drinking? That's a value to get drunk? And you have to get so loaded that you don't know the difference between Arur, right? Where's the Gemara say? It's Gemara Megillah. A person has a mitzvah to party on Purim. That's a literal translation. Now I know the brisker is Nebuch. But you shouldn't actually get to Yoyadah till the Okay, fine, go away. You're not supposed to know the difference between Arur Haman and Baruch Mordechai. You know, like, can you imagine? Guy comes in. He's a little inebriated. He walks over to Avery. He says, I love Adolf Hitler. He, he was great. I mean, he was so organized. Killed them all. Right? So you'd look at him. You'd be like, you know, security, security, right? Like, what does that mean? Adeloyada. You're not supposed to know the difference in our What is What is the most important thing in Judaism? Das. The first mitzvah, mitzvah gedolad mod leida sheishem alor. Right? We we to abrogate your knowledge. So we need to understand that. What is this all about? Right? Now it's interesting. The Rambam. This is a crazy Rambam. This is what the Rambam says in Hilchos Megillah. Now, by the way, I should point out that Hilchos Megillah. Is goes through Perak Bet. Remember, I mentioned to you once that there are certain sets of halachot, like you know mezuzah and sefer Torah. They're not enough material to have its own set of halachot, and they're very connected to each other. So the Rambam organizes them as, 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 a, as a particular set of halachot. So Megillah and Hanukkah are like that. Perak Aleph and Bet is is Megillah, and through Perak Dalit is Hanukkah. I think it's through Perak Dalit, right? So. So if you tell someone, look it up in Nilchus Chanukah, Perak Aleph. He's looking for Perak Aleph in Nilchus Chanukah, he will not find it. There's no such thing. Okay, so, so it's very easy to learn Hilchos Megillah. Like, it, it's too prokhet. You could read it in 20 minutes. To really learn it is a different question. It's based, but, 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 but it demonstrates the mastery of the Rambam. How many blot are in Masech to Megillah? Anybody know? Somebody here learned Megillah. New? 30 what? 38. 
38? No, 32. It's in the 30s. We don't even know what. Look at that. Right? Ah, there we go. Rubek figured it out. Open up the Megillah. Right? So, 30. 32. 32. 32 blot. Lave. Ah, Okay. The Rambam takes 32 blot of Masechta Megillah, putting aside the Agaratot. He organizes it into two prakim. This is what Hilchos Megillah looks like. One second. An entire Masechta, and this is it. That's amazing. The Rambam was a master organizer. Listen to this halacha. This is the last halacha in Hilchos Megillah. This is how the Rambam closes up Hilchos Megillah, which means this is a really important idea. This is unbelievable. Listen to this. Okay? Halacha Yudchet. Kol Sifrei Hanavim. All, how many books are there in the Tanakh? 24. Okay? Now, of the Nevi'im, you got to drop off five, because that's Hamisha Chum And you really have to drop off Yeshua, which is a different level. So you're left with how many? 18. Allah Yudchet. Okay, 18. Of all the Sfarim of Nevi'im, Bekol HaKtuvin, Tehillim, Eov, Mishlei, all these works, Atidin Li Batel, they're going to be batel. They're going to be null and void. Yishayahu is yelling and screaming at us, you know, giving us musur, but when the Mashiach comes, we're going to be at such a high level, we don't need the musur anymore. You know, you won't need it anymore. Chutz Megillat Esther. Now this is the Rambam in Halacha. This is not like some esoteric Kabbalistic work. It's not even the Mernavuchim. <coughs> he he paskins this Halacha. Right? He says the Megillah of Esther will be like the Torah and Torah Shabbat, which will never be lost. Right? When, 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 when Shaul, alias Paul, comes along and says, you know, we don't need mitzvahs anymore, we have a new covenant. Right? So Yashka says, nope. You know, I come not to change one iota from his holy writ. Who's right? The Ashka. Right? The Torah will never be canceled out. And along with that is the Gil's Esther. And even though all the memory of the travails, the troubles that we went through, we're going to forget about Chmanitsky's massacres, we're going to forget about the Shoah. We're, going to, we're not going to need Yom HaShoah anymore. It's all going to make sense, it's not going to bother us anymore somehow. Right? The, the, the original troubles will be, the travails, the difficulties we have will be forgotten. But Purim will never be cancelled. The Jews will never stop celebrating Purim. Megillus Esther will be a holy book forever. That's an unbelievable thing. I'm not going to get into where the Ram gets this and what it's based on, which Gemara, whatever. But... Obviously, there's something in Megillat the Stair and in the Festival of Purim, which is a critical piece. Why? What is, what is the Megillah about? One last question, maybe two more questions. Why don't we say Halal on Purim? Why don't we say Halal on Purim? Now, someone will say, and there's some of us who say, because on Purim you get drunk. What's the problem with that? Who's drunk when you say Halal? There's no chiv to drink at night. There's absolutely no chiv to drink at night. Um, there's no reason to drink at night. If you need liquor to get happy on the night of Purim, then you're, you're not in the right Purim. 
Because I don't need any liquor to get loaded on Purim. Like, Purim is unbelievable, right? But okay. But there is a chiv to drink in the day, and we'll talk about that on Sunday, right? But I don't know about you, I don't start drinking in the morning. You have a suda for that. So you could say hello. Just paskin. You don't say hello on Purim? When there was such a big festival and such a big nace, and the whole Jewish people were saved. There were Jewish communities outside of Eretz Israel during the story of Hanukkah. And they weren't in danger. But on Purim, everybody was in danger. So why don't we say hello? Okay. There is a Gemara in Shabbos and Daf Pechet. Okay? What is the festival of Purim? What happens on Purim? What is, what is the deeper message of Purim? This is a famous Gemara. Everybody knows it, but they miss the most important part of it. So what does the Gemara say? It's in Daf Pechet. Let me just find it. Should have marked it, but of course I didn't. One second. Apologize. Um, I thought it was in pavement. One second. Um, yes. Pechet Amaral. Vait Yatsvu Tahar. And the Jewish people gathered and stood at the foot of the mountain. What are we talking about? What event? Harsin. Right? The Gemara says, Dimi Berchama. Hashem turned over or held over them the mountain like a wine vat. Right? Ask me an obvious question. Do you remember this? Does everybody know this? Right? Okay, ask me an obvious question. Hashem turned the mountain over like a wine vat. Ask me an obvious question. Why is he turning it over them? Because he's going to force them. He's going to... Why don't you just turn it over them like a mountain? That's a pretty big deal. He held it over them. No, it's not a mountain. It's a wine vat. It's the first allusion to the fact that we should be drinking in Burma. It's a wine vat, all right. Okay. Kafalei holds it over to them like a wine vat. If you accept my Torah, well and good. But if you don't accept my Torah, then this can be your burial place. I'm going to read this again. Ask me an obvious question. You ready? If you accept my Torah, well and good. But if not... Holding the mountain over us, right? Sham to hake for Anybody have a question? Okay, that's what the Gemara is going to say. But there's another question. Want to guess? Why does it say sham? What does that mean? Sham to hake for Everybody reads this Gemara and misses this question. It should say po take for I brought you into the world. I'll take you out right here. It's all over. No, no, there you'll be. So, the question the Gemara asks, so we need to understand what the wine vet is and why Sham. But why do I bring this up? This is a pretty good taina against Torah, against keeping mitzvahs. What's the taina against keeping mitzvahs? No? Yeah. It was forced. We had no choice. Really? That's the problem? Baruch gives you Torah. But by the way, what is this an, an allusion to? If you were to Har Sinai and you see Hashem, how could you not keep mitzvahs? What does it mean that you accepted mitzvahs? Right? That you're, you're, you're having an experience where, 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 where you have no choice. How could you possibly not keep Torah after you'd see Hashem's right? Everybody kept Torah. Of course they did. Because the Kosh was right there. So let's say there's a student here who says, I'm not sure that God exists. So God says, you know what? Let me take this one. And God comes into the room and says, I'm here. So the boy has no choice. It doesn't mean anything. He didn't work on his amuna, but okay. 
So what's the answer to this question? That he has no choice. So there's no value to it. Right? Even though that's true, Hador or Hador afterwards, that's an interesting debate. They received this in the time of Achashverosh. Right? They had accepted it at Sinai, but they really started to live the Torah. And one day it says they accepted Torah Shabbat Peh. That's interesting. Purim somehow has something to do with accepting Torah Shabbat Peh. Kabbalah Satara. Now this is interesting. There's a Sfas Emes, which I couldn't find, and Rav Chaim pointed out to me where it was, so I'm indebted to him. Right? There's a Sfas Emes, which says the following. Sfas Emes was the Gero Rebbe. whole story who the Gero Rebbe was. He was the grandson of the Chidushi Arim. His, his father died tragically at a very young age, so he was brought up by his grandfather. He was towering Talmud Chacham. Bucking all shots. If you learn the Sfasemis, you'll be in awe. Like anybody who says there's no serious Torah in Chassidus, never learn the Sfasemis, right? But okay. <coughs> he was one of those Hasidic Rebbeim who brought value. And he was one of the acknowledged Gedolia door of his day. He lived, his heyday was the mid-1800s, okay? Today, uh, the most recent Gero Rebbe who passed away, I believe was the fourth Gero Rebbe. So we're not talking about a lot of... Listen to this. Rak HaGimel Regalim. Right? The three festivals that are in the Torah, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, that's Torah Shabbat. That's written in the Torah. But then there are three festivals from Torah Shabbat. In other words, these are the festivals that Chazal put in. They're not in the Torah, they're alluded to in the Torah. And he says an interesting thing. He says, the Shalosh Regalim of the Torah have a relationship with, they're an allusion to the other three festivals that we're going to have. Now listen to this. Chanukah, He'ara Michag The enlightening of the rabbinic festival of Chanukah comes from Sukkot. There's a connection between Chanukah and Sukkot. What's Purim? But Purim, Michag Shavuot. Purim is related to Shavuot. Umichag Pesach, Mikavim Anuliot Od. We hope that we're going to discover the third festival that's related to Chag Pesach. That there will come a time that just like you got out of Egypt, I will show you great wonders. In other words, the, the Svas Emes says, we don't know what the third festival is, but there will be a third festival that comes from Chazal that will be related to Pesach. Now let me ask you a question. You haven't learned a lot of Svas Emes, you're not bucking Shas, you're not bucking Torah, I don't think. What's the obvious third festival that we celebrate that's related to Pesach? To redemption. Ding, but okay. Right? That's just a crazy Svazemus. I'm not going to go there right now. All right? And if you're curious where it is, you come on me, I'll show it to you. But all right. So Purim is related to Shavuot. Why is Purim related to Shavuot? What's this all about? And I'll tell you one more thing. Purim is related to another. You wouldn't really call it a festival. You would call it a yom. What other festival is Purim related to? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Now, I found the source of this. It's an Ari. The Ari Kadosh says, Al-Tikre, don't read it. I mean, it's Rav Vital who writes it down. The Ari didn't write any of his Torah down, but Rav Vital didn't. We assume that if Rav Vital wrote it and said the Ari said it, that Ari said it. Um, and he says, Al-Tikre, don't read it as Yom Kippurim. Read it as Yom Kippurim. Now, the problem with this is that if you say that Yom Kippur is a day like Purim, then which is on a higher level? 
If, if they say, Rav Lichtenstein, he was like Rav Chaim of Brisker. So we're saying that Rav Chaim of Brisker is on a higher level, and Rav Lichtenstein was like him a little bit. So if Yom Kippur is like Purim, then Purim is a really high level, and Yom Kippur is like Purim. So that's crazy. It's Yom Kippur. Okay. So let's organize this, all right? What is this festival of Purim? Why is it called the festival of Purim? Why don't we say Halal on Purim? Why is there no mention of Hashem? Why is it such a secular festival? Why do we have this whole idea that we go drinking on Purim? Why is Purim the one that will never be forgotten? And what is its relationship to Shavuot and Yom Kippur? All right? So in order to answer this, let's start with the question of Yom Kippur. Why is Yom Kippur in? Why is Purim on a higher level than Yom Kippur? So I'm going to share with you three different opinions. One of them I really struggle with, which is the reason, maybe four, that I'm sharing with you because I think... Also. So the Sefer HaTodah, the Sefer HaTodah was written by Rabbi Yau Kitov um, 50 years ago, I think, 40 years ago. Tremendous Torah scholar. Um, took all of Judaism and organized it based on the festivals. And it's called the Book of Our Heritage. It's been translated into English. I'm sure we have it somewhere in the base manager in Yeshiva somewhere. And there's a lot of wisdom in this Sefer. It's a great book to learn when you kind of don't have a head. I'm not deriding the Sefer. But it was like, I went through Sefer Todah when I was in the army because it was like an easy book to read. It's like Rav Zevin on the Shalosh Rogalim. It's just, it's not intense lundus, right? <coughs> but there's a lot of great Torah in there. So the Sefer Todah says, on Yom Kippur, we're above all the physical distractions of the world. We don't eat. We don't drink. In the yeshiva world, they didn't even sleep. We wear white, so we like the angels. We remove ourselves from the physical distractions. So because we remove ourselves from the physical distractions, of course we reach a high level of spirituality. But on Purim, on Purim we immerse ourselves in the physical world. If you can reach a high level of spirituality in the physical world, instead of having to desist from it, that's a very high level. That's what the Sefer HaTodah says, right? And by the way, we studied this in the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchoteot, Paragimel, the beginning of Paragimel. The Rambam says, don't make a mistake and think that therefore we should become ascetics, right? That really you're supposed to be in the world and the Rambam discusses this. Okay, that's a Zephyr Todah. So Yom Purim is a higher level because on Purim you reach Kedusha in the physical world. Which by the way is important to realize, I mean we're going to talk about this on Sunday, but if all that happens when you drink is you become an animal, then don't drink. But if what happens when you drink is Kedusha comes out of you, then that's a holy thing. It's only one day a year, but it's a holy thing. Okay. Now the Mikhtav Meliyahu, Rav Dessler, he writes something that I'll be honest with you, it's Rav Dessler. You can't argue with Rav Dessler, so it's the Mikhtav Meliyahu. But I have a really hard time with this Deya, and I would not be able to explain this to you if I had said this to you at the beginning of Elul. But now that we've all experienced Yom Kippur here in Yeshiva, I think you'll, you might even agree with me. The Mikhtar Meliyahu says that Yom Kippur is all about Yira. Yom Kippur is we're afraid of our Chataim and, and, and you know, we just went through Yom Adin and Mi Yichyeu Mi Yamut and the Nisan Atokev, Kedusha Sayom, right? It's terrifying. We're in awe of HaKosh Baruch Hu. So Yom Kippur is the day of Yira. But on, on, on Purim, he says, we're so grateful because Hashem saved the entire Jewish people and we realize how much Hashem loves us so it obviously creates in us Avat Hashem. Avat Hashem is much higher than you at Hashem. That's what he says. Now, what's my problem with this daya? How could you say Yom Kippur is only about Yira? Like he obviously never came to a writer. Like, did you feel Yira on Yom Kippur? I mean, obviously there is Yira on Yom Kippur. But when you're dancing around, when you're singing, you know, 
um, um, I don't know, Eno Novago, or, 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 what is it we sing in Yom Kippur? Uh, entirely Benu, right? Pardon? Mare Kohen. That's Avat Hashem. And by the way, if the Ava comes from gratitude, what, you're not grateful to Akash Baruch on Pesach for all the Nisim? So, it's a Michtam There must be, right? There must be a Deya, right? Okay. So then comes the Maral. The Maral is amazing. One of the beauties of the Maral is he takes very deep Kabbalistic ideas and he, he shares them in a way that, that you and I can understand them. The Maral in the Or Chadash on Purim says, Yom Kippur is all about bitul haguf. It's about canceling out the body. The body doesn't matter anymore. We're not eating, we're not drinking. It's, the, the, the physical side of me is just less important. Right? I'm, I'm about to, I nullify the physical, the body. What do we do on Purim? Purim is bitul hasecha. I nullify the mind. I want to freeze my mind. Some of us, we think too much. We're just always thinking. You know, like, should I do this? Should I do that? What if I did that and I should have done this? What if I should do something else? On Purim, you know, you drink a half a bottle of wine and it's just Hashem loves me. You could stop thinking about it. And there's something else that happens on Purim. <coughs> on Purim, you discover who you really are. You know, if, if you're... Tr- truly a Torah Jew, then on Purim, when the boundaries drop, everybody sees what a Torah Jew you are. Right? If, if you're sitting at the table and you're so gone that you're, you're, you're more, 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 something, more, right? But then it's time, like, you know, it, 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 they bring you bread. So it's just an instinct that you have to go wash. You're not thinking about washing. That's just who you are. You wash your hands before you eat bread. Pasuk says in Tehillim, Chashavti Drachai, it's in Kufyotet. Kufyotet is amazing, it's more in Tehillim to learn. It's four Pesukim on each letter in the alphabet. You will hard, be hard-pressed to find something in, 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 in your day that doesn't, isn't appropriate to Kufyotet. And that's why we, we, we spell out the names of those who are Niftar at the base Kvaros through Tehillim Kufyotet. Chashavti Drachai, V'yashiva Raglai, Eledotecha. Chashavti Drachai, David Melech says, I was thinking about what path I should take. You know I have a responsibility to sit with the defense minister on the war that we're fighting against the Pushkin. But I also have to sit with the treasurer because I have a responsibility to make sure that the money for the Mikdash is there. And I have to take care of the economy. And there are poor people. Right? And I, what should I do? But even though I'm thinking about what I should do, my, my feet always take me back to the base matters. Because that's who I really am. When I'm not thinking about it, that's where I go. Does my body automatically fulfill mitzvah? Because if it does, then it's ingrained in me. That's what Maral says. Now, by the way, it's interesting. <clears throat> and then this will help us answer all the other questions and then we'll finish. It's interesting. The Vilna Gaon speaks about this question. says something fascinating. He says, how could you, like, how could Purim, how could Yom Kippur be Kippurim? So he has a totally different svara. He has a sheet that, by the way, he passes this way, la'alacha. He says that with every Chag, for various reasons that are beyond the purview of this year, every festival is supposed to be Chetzel Hashem and Chetzel Hashem. Right? You're supposed to have half of your festival, half of the Chag is Tokash Baruchu, you know, the carbon must if you give, and half of it is Lachem. You're supposed to be Sudas Mitzvah and Purim, Yom Tov, One, giving a gift to your wife, and so on and so forth. He says, but what's the one exception to this rule? Yom Kippur. There's no Chetzel Hashem on Yom Kippur. You're not, half, half the festival isn't for you. You don't eat sudos, you don't do anything for you. 
Vilna Gaon didn't even sleep on Purim, on, on Yom Kippur. So how do you balance that out? Because obviously we need to balance it, because life's about balance. That's Purim. Purim is all Hashem. Yom Kippur is all Hashem, and Purim is all Hashem. Now the Vilna Gaon doesn't say this, but he, I mean, he says what I just said, but he doesn't say the following. Therefore, if Yom Kippur is Kippurim, they have similarity, right? Yom Kippur, by the way, what's the central, one of the central pieces of Yom Kippur is the Sire Lazazah, the lottery that you throw on the Sire. And what's one of the central ideas of Purim, the lottery of Haman? So there's obviously a connection between them. But clearly that I immerse myself in the world, just like the Sefer HaTodah said, and just like the Maral implied, that's a much higher level to be able to find Kedusha in the world. Now, by the way, just in case anybody gets a, an idea, oh, Purim is, chetz, is, 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 is the Chetz, oh, it's supposed to be about eating and drinking, that's all there is. Ask yourself whether you were really all Chetz Yol Hashem and Yom Kippur. I wasn't. I went to sleep at night. If you're really Chetz Yol Hashem and Yom Kippur, then you should be Chetz Yol Hashem and, Yom, and Purim. Okay. So what do you do with all this? Right? So how do you not know the difference between Mordechai and Haman? That's really the question here. Let me tell you something. Mordechai is the hero and Haman is the villain, right? Let's think about this for a minute. How does, how does, how does the Megillah start? The Jewish people, right? There's one nation that's divided and they're split up all over the kingdom. Chazal say, this was the root of why we suffered on Purim. Because we couldn't get along. Whenever the Jewish people are fighting each other, bad things come along. This should make us very nervous today. Because what's going on in Bamedina, and what's going on in America, and the schisms that we're starting to see, that's scary. That's the most dangerous thing for the Jewish people, not Hezbollah and not Iran. Okay. The Jewish people go to Mishnah Hashverosh. Now think about this. They're sitting in a feast in Achashverosh now, in Shushan. Right? Vashti, according to the Medrash, gets killed because she refuses to come out naked. So you're at a party where they have naked women. There's not like the separate section of badats there. The food is not kosher food. And they bring out kelim mi kelim shonim. They're having a party with the kelim mikdash, according to the Gemara. You couldn't pick a, a worse place for Yeshiva Bakr to be. And they're all sitting there. You know why they're sitting there? <laughs> because their names are not Binyamin and David and Moshe. Their names are Maurice and Dave, right? And <laughs> Benji, right? You know, we're, 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 we've become, we, they're becoming Persian. Who's the hero of Purim? Mordechai. Mordechai's name, this is unbelievable. Mordechai is named after a Babylonian god called Marduk. Unbelievable. Where's Mordechai sit? Now, I'm being careful here because I criticize it, but this is the Gemara says. Mordechai is sitting in the, in the gates of the palace. He's interesting in the palace. He's intrigued. What's Mordechai doing by the gates of the palace? Go sit in the base medrash. The Jewish people are becoming Persian. Let me ask you a question. What would have happened if Haman hadn't come along? The queen is Jewish, but she has to hide that she's Jewish because, you know? What happened to the majority of the Jewish community in Spain that didn't leave Spain? They disappeared. 
They're mostly gone. What happened to the hundreds of thousands, some say as many as two million Jews, who stay behind in Bavel when Ezra comes up to build or to, to fix whatever, the, 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 the base of Mikdash built by Nehemiah and Zubavel, they disappear. There is almost nothing left of them at the end of Bayit Shani. The Jewish people are about to disappear. They're not uh, Chaim, they're Christian. Right? They're not Pinchas, they're Paul. Right? Scary. Who comes along and saves the Jewish people? Haman. Haman says, I'm going to destroy you all. And all of a sudden, the Jewish people say, realize we're not really Persians. We can't hide anymore. You know, I was in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago on Shabbos. And it was like a day after, I think I mentioned this, it was the day after two terrible events that, of shootings on Pico Robertson. Mom was in the middle of Los Angeles. And, and Pardon? It's your block, okay. And I had to find the show I was going to. It was very easy to find the show. Because there's police cars and armed guards and people with dark sunglasses in front of all the shows. And, and the Jews there are very nervous. They're very nervous. You know, we're becoming more American than the Americans. Every time that happens, a crush product comes along and says, mm, I don't think so. So who really saves the Jewish people on Torah? Haman. Now, I'm not saying Haman's not a Russia. Of course he's a Russia. We think, Arur Haman and Baruch Mordechai, but we don't understand. It all comes from Akash Baruch. There is no lottery, because the lottery of life is all Hashem. We look at it as a lottery, but it's really Akash Baruch. Do we get that? Do we get the messages that Hashem is sending us? You want to know why we don't say on Halal on Purim? This is my opinion. There are different opinions on this. Um, you know what the saddest story of Purim is? When does Purim happen? I don't have the time to show you this, but you can prove this in the text. When does Purim actually happen? Which, which came first? Purim or Hanukkah? Purim. Purim. Way before Hanukkah, right? Which came first? Building the base of Mikdash, Bai Cheney or Purim? Bai Cheney. The second base of Mikdash had been built for over 20 years. Korosh's decree, Nehemiah, before Purim. There's already a decree that they can go back to Eretz Israel. That's shot according to all the opinions. What are they doing in Shushan? And you know what the most amazing thing about the story of Purim is? So the story's over. The Jewish people are saved. And they start going to Minyan in Shushan. They stay in Shushan. I don't understand. Shem brought you home. He's built you a base of Mikdash. He's brought us back to Yerushalayim. And we're staying in Bavel. Right? Shushan is Bavel. That's why we don't say Hala on Purim. It's not such a great story. Not such a great story. Sound familiar? After 2,000 years, the Jewish people, Kosh Baruch says, I'm going to bring you home. I'm going to bring you home on the wings of eagles. LL jets are going to carry you. I had friends who were in Mifta Moshe, who were in Operation Moses, which was in 1990, I think, when they brought 14,000 Jews from Ethiopia out of harm's way over the course of a 25-hour weekend. They got psak from the Rabbanut to cancel Shabbos, and they flew all these planes, LL, every plane they could find. 14,000 Jews in one weekend. The Jewish people, the state of Israel, the Israeli army, the Israeli Air Force, there will not be another Holocaust. We're going to bring them home. Makes you wonder what would have happened if the state of Israel would have been born 
1938 instead of 1948. Hmm? So we're coming home. Except we're not. There's 5 million Jews in America, and they're not going anywhere. 4 million of them, maybe more, have no interest in Israel. They don't vote based on Israel. It doesn't interest them. We're in Shushan. That's exactly the same story, it seems to me. Now, I'm not judging any individual. It's not for me to do. And people stay in America because their parents are there, because they can't make a pronouncer. So you could debate all those topics. It's a legitimate question. I think every Jew has to struggle with this question. I certainly don't blame a Jew who didn't grow up with this. That's not the question. But Am Israel, the entire Jewish people, that they're still sitting in Bavel, there's something seriously wrong with that. It's a little scary. That's what's going on in Purim. That's why this festival is named Purim. Because you get to decide whether it's a story of randomness or it's off Makash Baruch If you know that it's off Makash Baruch then there's a reason Hashem is giving you this message. But if you think it's all random, then you can go back about your business. Right? We drink to blur the lines because we should know the lines are blurred. Because we should know that it all comes Bidei Shamayim. That's, that's the secret. And just to finish off, you know, what is, what is, what is Kafalev Harkagigit? What is a wine vat? If you take a wine vat, if it's an, I assume it's an empty wine vat, because if Hashem turns the mountain over them, and it's a full wine vat, then they're getting drowned by wine. And that's not what the Gemara says. So it's an empty wine vat. So Hashem takes the mountain, He makes it a wine vat. Now what's the difference between a mountain and a wine vat? The wine vat is hollow. So if I take the wine vat, and I turn it over you, it was water, I checked, and over you, okay, then if you're stuck underneath, you're kind of still free. You know what it's like? Um, there's a lach and Shabbos. If you catch it, if you see a fly and it's bothering you, you take a glass and you put it over the fly. Are you over an Isidoraisa? Is it Sad Tzvi? Are you, are you capturing the fly? On the one end, you've limited the fly's movement. On the other end, you haven't really caught it. Because as soon as you lift up the glass, it's going to fly away. You, you don't, you're just limiting it. Right? So it's the same thing. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you accept my Torah, and you accept that there are parameters, there are boundaries, everything is not okay, then mutaf, then you'll live a good life, because you'll set for you, you'll limit yourself to discover unlimitedness. But if you don't accept Torah, and you think I want it all, there's no limits. Tequila! Right? Then Sham, there, out there in that world, where nothing matters but hedonism and whatever you want, Sham take vratchem. Your life will be a burial pit. There'll be no meaning to it. It'll just be about the here and now. And I'll just finish by saying, Mordechai. Mordechai has this moment. It's an unbelievable moment. Right? He's sitting outside the palace. He's in sackcloth. Esther says to him, you know, you got to put on proper clothing. She sends Satach or maybe Daniel. <clears throat> Mordechai's upset with her, it seems. And he goes back to him and he says the following. Right? If you will be silent now, who knows? Maybe for this moment you arrive in the palace. Which is an unbelievable like, What do you mean, Miodea? We know! Well, that's the whole story of Purim. We don't know. Is it real or is it random? Miodea. If you will be silent now, who's, who's laning Megillah here? Is he here? Okay, so, Revach Vatsalat Avoyle Yudim, me, me, Makom Acher. 
If you don't save us, Hashem will save us through somebody else. That is the worst salesman in history. If you don't do it, we'll find somebody else. That's a salesman. If you don't do it, we're all going to die. You have to do it. That's not what Mordechai says. Mordechai says, listen, Hashem made a brit with us. Jewish people will never be destroyed. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you get to decide if the Jewish people are saved. Jewish people are going to be saved. But you, will you be part of that story? Hashem is giving you your moment. You get to decide, am I going to be on the train that's going home? If you don't save them now, they'll be saved elsewhere. But you, your home, your family, you will be lost forever. We have moments in this world that are the opportunity to step up. Do we seize those moments? Are they gifts from Akash Baruch or are they just random? There's 13, 14 million Jews in the world. There's probably close to a million kids the range of your age. What percentage of them ever went to yeshiva high school? What percentage of them get to go to Israel for the year? What percentage of them get to go to yeshiva? And what percentage of them are having this experience in an entire year of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids, exactly 75? That's unbelievable. Hashem has given you, us, a gift. It's a moment. Do we live up to it? You know? So we spend too much time thinking about this sometimes. So one day a year, take a pause. Let go of all the... Be in the moment. Live up to your challenge. That's what Purim is all about. Purim is all about turning the random into meaning. Everything we're given, every moment in our life, every dilemma, every struggle, it's all part of Hashem's plan to change the world. If I choose to grab it and make it thus. And that's the challenge of Purim. So the rest of this we'll talk about when we're all loaded. All right? If I may blow out his name,